Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Podcast Manager Show. I am your host, Lauren, and if this is your first episode, welcome, welcome, welcome. You've come for a great one because the success story episodes are always the most loved. You'll get to hear from Megan King today, and she is a podcast manager program student who started her podcast management business in 2019. So she's going to share her story of how she got into podcast management, what she was doing before that, and how she's been able to grow her business over the last two years. So she even shares that one of her clients is her original first client that she landed back in 2019. So Megan and I talk about how she started her business, why she chose podcast management, what she likes about podcast management, and how she's been able to grow with her clients over time. All right, without further ado, let's go talk to Megan. Hey there, I'm Lauren, and you're listening to The Podcast Manager Show, a podcast for podcast managers. Each week, we cover the technical and tactical aspects of running a profitable podcast manager business. With over 90,000 new shows starting each month, podcast managers are in demand. I mean, in demand. And I'm here to help you land your dream clients while reaching your monthly income goals without working like crazy. Are you ready? Let's get to today's episode. Megan, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yes, you were one of the first people the first round, I guess you could say, of people that joined my program. And we have never recorded a podcast episode together. So I'm so excited to have you here to talk about your story of becoming a podcast manager. Yes, I know. It's about time. (laughs) Right. Now, do you remember when it was that you joined my program? I know it was at the start. I want to say it was January. It was like the beginning of the year. It must have been 2019. Was it 2019? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's been a while. (laughs) Yeah. It's been years. Wild. (laughs) So let's just start off by like, tell us a little bit about yourself. How how did you get started or what was it about online business that you were attracted to? Sure. So I've been a stay-at-home mom. I have two little girls. And at the time they were kind of starting to settle into routines and I was looking for a way to get back into work without really leaving the home and disrupting our schedule too much. So I kind of stumbled onto doing some online work in the online space. And I know I met you through another group and I actually started out calling myself a copywriter and I was doing some copywriting work, but I was not getting steady work and I was just kind of struggling to break through to that next level. And I remember when you started your program, I actually contacted you because I was thinking about adding on show notes to part of the services that I offered. And I really had no idea at the time I was going to get into podcasting, any of the other services. I did not think I was techie enough to do any kind of audio engineering or anything else involved in podcast management. So I really was just thinking, oh, I'll do some show notes and I'll learn kind of that. But I joined your program and loved everything about podcasting and just decided to go all in there. And it's been the best thing for my business. I love it. Yeah, I think that's so common that it podcast management and more really more specifically podcast editing is intimidating. Like I was Mm -hmm. intimidated. And I was I had a hard time too, like 
ever calling myself an expert. Like I still don't want to call myself a podcast editing expert (laughs) because there's just so much more you can learn. But the takeaway is that you don't have to know everything at all to be successful. Yeah, I love that. And I tell people that all the time. Like you just have to know more than the people you're helping and you do. 100%. And you do because they don't know anything (laughs) and you know something. (laughs) Yes. So tell us a little bit about your the clients that you've landed. Like who have you been working with over the past couple of years? Yeah, so mostly coaches. Uh, My very first client I'm still working with to this day. And funny enough, she's actually fairly local to me. So we kind of connected over that and started working with her. And I've loved seeing her business grow and the things that she's doing have just been amazing. She's referred me to several people. Um, But yeah, mostly I'm working with coaches and I love the way that podcasting helps their business specifically as a coach, kind of how they use it as a part of their strategy to grow their business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And wow. So you've been working with her for over a year then. Right. Yes. Yeah. Very long time. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. I love it. And I personally love working with people that long because you just get so good at working with them. You just can get into such an amazing groove. Yes. I think we, we help each other in that way. I think she, she can be very hands off with her podcast now because I know so much about her business and how to really help her in other ways. So it's just, yeah, the longer I've worked with her, the more I've learned and the better that we get at working together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love it. Now you said that she's referred some people to you. Has that been like the main way that you've landed clients or has there been another source that you've been using? Um, some of both. I mostly just market myself on social media and just try to network with other people and make those connections. Yeah, the connections have been the biggest thing for me, her referrals, and then just me reaching out to other people and connecting on little things. And then we get talking and you build that trust and go from there. Mm -hmm. So have you kind of taken that like a cold pitching approach? Like, do you reach out to people that you would love to work with? Or is it usually like they have a job op that you apply for? I'd say more of the cold pitching, but it's it's been less direct for me. So I don't usually reach out and just say, hi, I'd love to work with you. Right. But I just start engaging and start connecting with them, start following them, start mentioning little things about things that I'm doing uh, and just and build from there. So I don't come in and say, hi, here's what I'm doing. How can I help you? But I just say, oh, you know, a podcasting would be great for this or, you know, a, a good approach for you to grow would be to get on other podcasts. And then they're like, huh, interesting. Tell me more, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. I think that term cold pitching can be so like abrasive or people assume that it's like, like you said, hey, this is what I offer. Hire me now. But whenever we find people that can be ideal clients, like we have to learn about them too. Like when you're engaging with them, you're, you're learning about them to see, are they actually the right fit? They might look like the right fit, but you don't, you don't know unless you get to know them a little bit. Right. Yeah. I I try to be pretty picky because I don't want to work on a show that I don't like, or I don't really want to support their business. So yeah, I'm checking them out as much as I want them to check me out. So I really kind of dig in and say, see what they're doing and then go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Now that made me think, how many clients do you like to work with? Like what's your, explain to us like your current or preferred workload. So right now I have four and I would say that's pretty ideal for me right now in this stage of life. 
my oldest daughter is in school full time and my youngest is in preschool, which is just a few hours a day, a few days a week. So I still don't have a lot of time. So right now four is kind of manageable for me, but next year my youngest will start kindergarten. So I'm hoping to grow a little more when I get a little more time that I can dedicate to work. Yes. Yes. So do you generally, are you just working when they're at school or do you work in the evenings as well? Mostly when they're in school now. I did a little bit of the early morning, (laughs) get up before they get going. And I actually, I kind of like that when I got into the groove of it and had that quiet time. But uh, now I have to get them up and going so early in the morning. That's just not working out. So mostly right now I do it when they're away. Sometimes I will do a little in the evenings, but yeah, mostly while they're at school now. Yeah. It's been hard for me to switch from like my night owl work personality (laughs) to working during the day. Like now that my kids are in school, it's like, if you have this type of flexible lifestyle, whether you have kids or not, like you're always kind of seeing like what's going to work with where you're at in your life. Yes. Yes. And it's been funny for me to see, yeah, the changes kind of each new stage that the girls are in, I kind of rework around that. And it's nice to have that flexibility. For sure. Okay. So let's talk about like what you're actually offering. So I offer podcast management, which includes editing and uploading and show notes. And I offer some social media graphics and audiograms and posting and writing emails to email lists for newsletters, that kind of thing. I've found really that my clients have a really varied need, kind of depending on whether they're also working with a social media manager or another VA that has their hands in some things. So I really like to tailor it for what people need specifically. But I guess my favorite is kind of just having somebody that gives me the audio, I edit it, I write the show notes and description, and then put everything up for it. I just really like to do that kind of hands-off piece. And I think it creates some continuity when I'm the one kind of creating all the assets for the episode to promote, since I'm already listening to it in detail as I'm editing it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then kind of turning that all back over so that they are ready to go and just let them know like everything's up and loaded for release next week. And there you go. Yes. Sometimes that takes time for certain clients. You know, they they want to preview things. They want to make sure everything, you know, they're doing their own quality control. But then, you know, you ideally want to get to that spot with people where it's like you can do the editing in the show notes without reviews, right? Um, yes. Because I hear that all the time, honestly, that like either that's what people enjoy about it is the hands-off part, like you just said, or people want that. They're looking for that. So I think that's, that is pretty like cornerstone and to podcast management and available. But sometimes we have to like help our clients get there, especially if like they already had their show before you came along. They're like, oh, their show was their baby. And it's hard for them to let go of that creative control. But it's also great to let go of that <laughs> that creative control because then they can think about other things. So what are some of the things that you feel like have helped your clients grow their shows or keep their shows really successful, not necessarily like increasing downloads every month, but like just keeping the the energy up and the show thriving. What are some things that you feel like you and your clients have done over, especially like since you've worked with people for a long time, like what have you found to help that the, the show continue on? Mm, 
Yeah. So I really like, and this is another good point of working with somebody over a longer period of time, kind of being able to take that bird's eye view of their show and prompt them to say, you know, you're coming up on a milestone, you know, a hundred episodes is coming up now. Let's think about some things we could do to promote or, you know, maybe we could switch up your cover art or the intro and outro, keep things fresh, suggest pulling their audience on Instagram, kind of what they want to hear next. If they are interested in little a mini series or any kind of download that they could get from the show. I really like kind of strategizing with the clients and saying, what kinds of things can we do next to keep things, keep things fresh, uh, broaden your reach, kind of those kind of things to bring more people in, bring more people, bring more listeners, and then bring those listeners in to be clients for my clients. Yes. And one of the things I kind of feel like you're hitting on is that there's kind of like an ebb and flow of you get into a good rhythm or you get into a good system with a client and then it's like it comes to a kind of a natural point where things need to be switched up. Like you you want to you want to update the cover art or just even the social media graphics. You want to kind of do a revamp and it comes to a point and then, okay, you're good for a while. You can you can keep that system going and then you need to kind of freshen it up again because whether it's the client that kind of gets, you know, quote unquote bored with it or maybe it's the listeners, but either way, that's, kind of having those pivots, I guess you could say, you know, kind of keep things fresh. Yeah, you're right. And it it is kind of like a natural ebb and flow to it. And it's nice to have somebody else like me that's working with the client that can help see those and help pull those out and help take action. You know, a lot of times people, they might think that, but they're so busy doing other things that they never get around to making those little changes. And when you're partnered with somebody like a podcast manager that can help actually make that happen, it really helps. Mm-hmm. For sure. Now, you mentioned earlier on that like one of your fears in the beginning was like not being techie enough and not being capable enough to do this. What are, is there, has there any been anything else that's come along like after you started landing clients that that stopped you and then you had to get over? Hmm. I get stopped constantly. <laughs> There's always these little things that come up that you're like, oh, I don't know about that. Or a client will often ask, oh, I heard about this. Do you know anything about that? And I've learned to respond with, well, let me look into that. (laughs) And, you know, the great thing about being in your program and having the group support and the access to you is that you can always find these things out. So, you know, there are, like you were saying, there's so many things about podcasting that you may never consider yourself an expert because things are constantly changing. So as long as you're able to do some research and figure things out, you don't have to be afraid of those little things that might stop you. Um, You can just figure it out and keep moving. Right. Yeah. You can consider yourself an expert, not because you know everything and you have a perfect response to every question, but rather because you know that you can figure it out. Whenever someone asks you about some product, I feel like it's always product questions now, like, oh, what do you know about Riverside FM? And you're like, I've heard of it, but I don't know anything. But you can still be confident in your knowledge as a podcast manager because then you can just say, yeah, great. I'll look into it for you and see if it's the right fit. Yes, exactly. And I feel like that's really common now with with where the podcasting world is because there's so many new things coming on the scene and it can be intimidating at times to to want to know it all but you do not need to. And so many products are just not 
are not needed for our clients. And so it's like you you can just have that perspective of like, look into it, see if it's something that you want to use, um, but not not take it on as like, oh, I should have known about this beforehand. No, no big deal. Right. And nobody's going to think that you are not an expert or that you can't help them just because you don't know something on the spot. They are wanting you to guide them through the process. And that's just part of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The client is has hired you because they want you to guide them through it. So you didn't just say, oh, yeah, let me look into it. And you're therefore you're you're taking it on. And that's just one less thing they have to look into. Right. Yep. As a, a host, it's like I'll think, oh, you know, oh, maybe I should try this. Maybe I should try that. And even though I'm a podcast manager, I still, you know, for my own show, I still am like, OK, I need to I need to ask my podcast manager to look into this for me because it's just goes in one ear and out the other. <laughs> it's lower <laughs> on the, the you know, the to-do list or whatever. So yeah, it's like, even if they're interested in trying something new or like you said, celebrating a milestone, it's easy to, to kind of just let it not happen <laughs> if you don't have kind of the accountability of the podcast manager as a team member. Hey there, I wanted to interrupt this episode with a quick message for you. If you are listening to this show, then you are either wanting to become a podcast manager or currently a podcast manager. And I wanted to invite you to my free masterclass where I show you how to become a profitable podcast manager without working more than 20 hours per week. So in this masterclass, I break down what it would look like for you to be making three to 5K per month working as a podcast manager without working more than 20 hours a week. Not only do I break that down, but I also talk about the three myths that I used to believe that was keeping me away from being a profitable podcast manager and that you might be believing as well. That and I share all the details about my podcast manager program. So if you're interested in learning more learning the three myths that might be keeping you away from becoming a profitable podcast manager, or you just want to see what does it take to be a profitable podcast manager, then grab a seat to my masterclass. I would love to see you there. Just head to laurenwrighton.com forward slash masterclass, and it'll show the next available time. Okay, awesome. That is it. Go sign up for the masterclass. I cannot wait to see you there. Let's get back to the episode. So you said that you started your like freelancing journey as a copywriter. How was it that you started going from copywriter to podcast manager? Like did you did you get rid of those clients right away? Did you do more of a phasing? How did that happen? Yeah, so when I was doing copywriting, I was doing all one-off projects. So I didn't have any clients that were ongoing. So it made for a pretty smooth transition because I just didn't have anything uh, that I needed to really offload. The biggest thing holding me up was just the mindset of, should I do this? Should I go all in? Am I going to be perceived as completely flaky or not knowing what I'm doing? So that was the biggest hurdle was like, "Uh, is this really what I want to do and how I want to do things? But I just decided yeah, this is where I'm going. And it's okay to change. It's okay to make this change. You know, I jumped right in with the one client. So I was already doing her podcasting stuff. And as soon as I made the switch, it just felt like the right thing to do. It felt so natural to call myself a podcast manager, because I was actually doing the work. 
and it just felt like the right thing to do. So it was overall a pretty easy transition. Like I said, the hardest thing was just getting my mind around, this is what I need to do. Yeah. And one of the biggest difference with being an online space is that you can change so quickly. And, you know, if you come from like a corporate mindset or, you know, whether you've had a corporate job or not, it's like you you feel like, no, I need to do something for like a year or two to really feel like I can... I can switch or I can call myself this and it's just not the same at all in the online business space. It's like, you just change your website and you're, and you're something new. <laughs> I know. I know. It felt like, okay, whose approval do I need for this? Yes. What forms do I need to send in? And yeah, it's, it's not like that. You update your website and you change your Instagram bio and there you go. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's why like testimonials are so key because then people can see, okay, this is someone that's actually worked with her. So, so that's, you can kind of build your credibility with testimonials right. because yeah, it's like in this online space, it's the wild, wild west. So you, so people just come on and we'll start offering services, which is, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And it's also like, wow, this is pretty wild that it works this way. It really is. I mean, it's amazing. The things that I've been able to do just from home in this short amount of time, it, it really is amazing when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, one thing I always love to ask is like, how do you feel about editing? Because it's pretty like polarizing. Like podcast managers either are like, I can't imagine like ever letting go of editing or they're the opposite. They're like, the sooner I can get this off my plate, the better. So where do you fall? I love it. And I never in a million years thought I would. That was just one of the most surprising things to me when I first started your course. Because like I said, I wasn't planning to get into that side of it at all. But I really do love it. I like sitting by myself and chopping out those little extra things and helping tighten up an episode. And just, I like to just think about the end user listener experience and just thinking, how can I make this as streamlined and to the point, but not lose the personality and the warmth to their, what they're saying. It's just, yeah, I really like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally can relate to what you just explained because there's something like very, I don't know, calming is the right word, but like meditative about editing, right? It's like the same thing, but different every time because you're listening to a different episode every time and you're taking out all of those unnecessary, you know, verbal pauses or or whatever it is. For me, it used to always be for my pers- myself personally, it was like taking so long to get to the topic or like to get to the point. <laughs> You know, like if you have a client like that, that's like, you just, we didn't need this stuttering. <laughs> so we're taking it out. It's going to be much better for the use, the end user, like you said. <laughs> yes. Yep. I love doing that. And the little tongue clicks. Well, those are my favorite to get rid of. <laughs> yes. I hear tongue clicks now in videos because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of videos aren't as edited as maybe a podcast episode, oh, even though I don't want to make it sound, you know, podcast episodes are not overly edited either. But like videos, I find there's like still tongue clicks are left in. And I just, I, it jumps out to me now that I've edited podcast episodes. Absolutely. (laughs) So you've, you've been doing this for a while. Now, where do you see your business growing from here? Yeah, well, I love my one-on-one clients. I don't see myself moving away from that anytime soon, but I'm also creating a group program called Podcasting for Business Growth. And it is to get people in together as a group. So a group of people all at one time starting their podcast together. So they can 
have my support and advice as they set it up, but they'll also have the support of other people in the group. So I think it'll be really helpful for people that are, you know, a lot of people start the process and they're pretty intimidated by it all. Not only the tech aspect, but they have a lot of, is this even good enough? Like, do, are people actually going to listen? Did that sound okay? All of those kind of questions, I think it really be helped by people working together, kind of doing this at the same time. So I'm excited to get that going probably in the new year. Love it. So then are these for launch clients? Are these people launching? Yeah. So people starting a podcast for the first time. Gotcha. And then are they, is the idea that they then would have like someone on their team manage it going forward? Could be. I'm setting it up so that I will teach them how to manage it going forward on their own, or they could consider hiring somebody, maybe somebody already on their team, or they could do it themselves. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of giving them the basic frameworks of how to easily edit and upload on an ongoing basis, but they may choose to outsource that going forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that because, you know, there's courses out there that teach how to start a podcast, but they're these huge courses that don't have a a ton of support, especially one-on-one or like one-to-five support, right? So I just, whenever I'm talking to podcasters, that's what they're usually looking for is just more support by someone. So they have someone in their back pocket per se to say like, like you just said, does this sound good? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, do I sound good? Or I, you know, I have this small issue. Can you like take a look at it or, or whatever? So yeah, I think that it, I love the idea of a group program and I'm really excited to see how it all, you know, transpires for you. I've just kind of noticed similarities in clients that I've been launching the last little bit. And I just think that group accountability and support will be really, really helpful and boost their confidence so they can get in and get going, hit the ground running. Yeah. Yeah. I I totally agree. People love being in community with each other. You know, it's like just not doing something alone is just so much more fun. (laughs) So as, as business owners, it's like, okay, we're all doing this together. It's not just me sitting behind the mic. You know, if that part's intimidating for them, then it's like, they feel that camaraderie of the other people that are also putting themselves out there by starting a podcast. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Well, yeah, you'll have to uh, keep us updated in the new year on how on how it goes. And I feel like you could also even like take this and turn it into like a digital product in the future that someone could buy without your support, even though like I love like I said, I love the aspect of the support, but that's also an option. Yeah, that's a great idea. Definitely. Love it. Now, before we go, I would love to know, do you have any pieces of advice for someone who's a new podcast manager? Yes. So other than signing up for your program, because honestly, everything that you teach and your support is just amazing. (laughs) But other than that, I would say, don't be afraid to start with clients with a smaller package. And services can always grow over time as the client gets to trust you and you learn more about their business and things that you can offer to help them out even more. That can always change. So I've had the clients that I've had over a long period of time, I'm constantly updating what I'm offering them and offering even more based on their needs at the time. So I would say, yeah, don't be afraid of those small packages or getting something just to get your foot in the door because things can always grow and change. Yes, I think that's great because 
we think like, oh, they're only looking for this or, you know, maybe even for you, it could have been like, they're only looking for show notes Mm -hmm. and you want to work with them more, but especially if they're the right person, it's so much easier to grow with them than it is to like go find someone else who's also the right person and also needs it all. So I think that's a great piece of advice. Yeah. And you really may want to try different things before you figure out exactly what you do choose to offer and not offer. Like I said, I never would have thought I would have liked editing. So there may be some things that you think you may not like, but I would say, don't be afraid to try those out too, before you decide, because you may actually like them. Yeah, totally. Okay. Well, Megan, thank you so much for sharing your story. Uh, Where can the listeners go find you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Hey Megan King. And my website is MeganKingServices.com. Awesome. And if there's any podcasters listening that are wanting or not podcasters yet, but thinking about launching a podcast, then check out Megan's group program because that's going to be really fun, especially to be in the first round. The first round's a fun round to be in. We would love to have you. <laughs> thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Come connect with me over on Instagram at Lauren Wrighton or in the Podcast Manager Mastermind Facebook group. And let me know what you liked about this episode. I love, love, love hearing your guys' feedback and what is resonating with you. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at laurenwrighton.com. Special thanks to my amazing podcast manager, Marcy Page, on producing this episode. All right, that's it. Until next time, I'll be cheering you on.